Did you know that we're exposed to thousands of commercial messages every day? And are you aware that consumers tend to trust what influencers say about brands much more than what brands say about themselves? When brands need to cut through the noise and reach consumers, influencer channels offer an unrivaled space to create genuine, meaningful dialogue and connect directly with consumers on their terms. Welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, a leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to understand more about influencer marketing and why it's such a powerful channel when it comes to building trust in your target group. Every Wednesday, we'll cover topics such as how to build a successful influencer marketing strategy, how to measure the effects, the role of influencer marketing in the overall media mix, and of course, the latest trends and insights on what's up in the influencer marketing and social media sphere. And we know you're busy, so every episode is right around 15 minutes. Perfect to tune into on your morning walk, during your morning routine, or on your way to and from work. Join us and our expert guests to stay up to date and take your marketing strategy to the next level with influencer marketing. The world's fastest growing marketing method. I'm Sana Oudmark. And I'm Frida Ekholm. And this is Influencer Marketing Talks. Welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, the leading and award-winning influencer marketing company for fashion, home and beauty brands. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about consumer marketing in a digital age. And of course, all things influencer marketing in right around 15 minutes. I'm Senna Oudmark and I'm the head of marketing here at Cure Media. In this week's episode, I talked to Nebe Almayahi, founder of Taint the award-winning, diversity-focused company that challenges the status quo around daily consumer products. In 2021, they launched their very first product, Skin Tone Adapted Plasters, and this is just one of a very long list of products they saw needs to be redesigned to cater for the diversity of our society. We talk about why so few companies are adapting their offer to be more inclusive, and how diversity and inclusion are intertwined with profitability. Nebe also gives her best advice on how businesses can become more inclusive in their product development and in their everyday business operations. Hi Nebe and big welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So happy to have you here. So before we jump into the questions, could you please just share the story of Taint and how it all started? Uh, yes, uh, well, it was uh, uh, about uh, two years ago, actually now. Uh, I was on, uh, still on my maternity leave. My uh, daughter was two months old and I was uh, walking in um, our local supermarket and uh, uh, it was as uh, simple as seeing this man with a plaster that is working there at the, at the supermarket. He had a plaster on his forehead and, and it was in this um, traditional uh, 
uh, beige tone that is also called skin tone Um, and uh, that made me think of why is this not adapted to skin tone because this gentleman had a uh, was a was a man of of a darker uh, tone uh, and I went back home and uh, did my research a little bit because I I got a bit um, uh, puzzled why why this doesn't exist and and if it exists why can't he find it in the supermarket where he actually works Uh, so I did that research and then I realized that I mean it didn't exist uh, anyway in the Swedish market and uh, uh, very hard to get hold on uh, internationally Uh, it's not widespread at all and you would think that this is just a completely normal uh, everyday consumer product that should just be there and that made me think of other just regular consumer products that are not adapted to the diversity of our society and this is where I started Taint to uh, combat that, I would say. That's so interesting. And I mean, diversity and inclusion, they are both hot topics today and everyone is talking about it. Everyone has it on their agenda. But as you say, still very little has changed in everyday products to cater for this modern, diverse society. So can you explain this glitch? Yeah, I I think... Um, when it comes to products specifically, I think it's really not the first thing you would think of when you think of diversity and inclusion because the, the typical reaction we get uh, on our products when we talk about them uh, is that, oh, does this not exist? And why have I never thought about that myself? Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's uh, really um, a norm that when it comes to, to products and, and in this case, uh, um, when it comes to ethnicity and skin tone, people are not really reflecting about it because you have been taught by um, commercials and the fashion industry and the makeup industry that what what skin tone is, when, what the color nude is, uh, for instance. And I think it's the norms that you have just been fe- feeded with um, that gives you the, the normal state uh, and you don't really question it unless you bump into it just like I did yeah. <laughs> and then you start reflecting so I think I think it's specifically when it comes to to uh, to uh, products um, and then you know diversity and inclusion is way broader than than just uh, products of course yeah but it's interesting I think as you say lots of companies are working on their recruitment and communication methods when it comes to these topics but they are actually missing um, awareness of the product and the product development itself Exactly. And I think this is really something that a lot of companies, whether they're doing a, you know, a physical product or, or if it's a service that they're developing, I think they can really take in diversity and inclusion into account when developing the product because it makes sense, you know, and then you need to create something that is made for the bigger uh, audience uh, yeah. and that you, that you can gain bigger market shares and, and, um, uh, include so much more people into into the development of uh, of the product or the service. Yeah, definitely, and that's something we discussed before we started to record. Also, you mentioned that diversity, inclusion, and profitability are so intertwined, and that's something mm-hmm. that all business leaders might not really consider when setting their strategies. So yeah. you touched upon this a bit now, but can you tell us a bit more about how you see that? diversity and inclusion are correlated to companies' business KPIs like profitability and growth and not only to these softer goals 
Yeah, no, I think I think this is really the aim of, of my company is really to show that uh, diversity and inclusion and, and profitability are really intertwined because this is something that I think most of people that, that work within diversity and inclusion or have have put any effort on, on looking at that is that they, they tend to look at it as a cost and, and something that, oh, it's something that we need to work on uh, because it's from a social impact and, and so on. And, and they might think that it's something that is uh, costly and, and but still part of their social goals and so on. But I, I really want to show that diversity and inclusion is really something that can contribute to, to the company in terms of uh, increasing the, the innovation, uh, because these are reports that have been published and, and the studies that have been done uh, when looking at uh, companies that are diverse, in, in, for instance, in their team members, um, that the, the level of their uh, innovation is increasing, uh, which leads to a better product, of course, which increases sales uh, in, in that sense. Uh, but it can also be something that is very simple as... Um, like we do it in, in with with Taint, for instance, is that we we looked. Of course, we were a value-driven company that looks into diversity and inclusion, not only in the products that we make, but also in the business that we are running. Uh, and looking at diversity and inclusion from that sense is something that I, I usually bring up is uh, our collaboration uh, that we have with um, the probation service in, in Sweden, where. Uh, inmates in in the in waiting for trial are wait are actually packaging our uh, products uh, and that is here in, in Stockholm where we're based um, and we did that uh, both from uh, the point of view of diversity and inclusion giving these people something to do in, in waiting for their trial um, contributing actually in a positive way to for their uh, mental wellness while waiting uh, because these can you know trials can be going on for years and that they can end up you know uh, getting released uh, without any charges and and but they're still uh, having all these time um waiting for for the trial um and and what we did is that um of course looking at it from a diversity and inclusion perspective giving these people a chance uh, to have something to do with their hands uh, also getting paid for it of course to use it in in the uh, in the local uh, store to buy things for their own um, and uh, but then also from a business perspective it was something that is profitable for us of course because um, or profitable something where we, we can actually afford I would say uh, because looking at uh, as a startup uh, looking Looking at uh, uh, going to a 3PL or logistic partner would never have afforded. Uh, but here we get a very good service uh, to a good price uh, and uh, still within the values that we stand for within diversity and inclusion. And I think this is a, a very good example of how you can work with diversity and inclusion to your favor uh, from a revenue perspective or economical financial perspective uh, only by um, looking at, you know, broadening the sense of what, di what diversity and inclusion actually is. Um, and I think this is an excellent idea of, of uh, giving that. And I hope that I will be inspiring companies to, to uh, be more creative in their work when it comes to diversity and inclusion. I'm not only going into the uh, typical uh, um, uh, topics uh, that, that companies tend to do. Exactly. Scratching on the surface. It's so easy to just... Make sure that your commercials include people of different, exactly, etc. But exactly, it's when it comes to communication, recruitment. All of these are important, of course. But 
there are more ways to do it. There are you know, multiple ways of how you could actually approach diversity and inclusion, but not only in, in, in recruitment and, and communication, but I, I usually bring up, you know, leadership, how you, how you lead a company uh, to make people, because it's not only enough to, you know, bring in these talents or these uh, people from diverse backgrounds and, and uh, physical abilities and, and um, uh, socio socioeconomical uh, background and so on. It's also, um, to include them, to make their voices heard and feel that they are, you know, included in the discussion so they can speak up and actually you can get something out of their voices and their uh, experiences. Definitely. But it's really interesting what you're saying about how in being more diverse in your products and in your approach, you can actually really reach new audiences and wider your demographics, something that every company does not really consider, I think. Um, they see it rather as a as a risk going to broad or uh, not having your niche, but it's actually the other way around. Yeah, yeah, and especially I would say during this time, you know, and and when in time of crisis, I mean, you need to survive. How do you survive? You need to be more creative, looking to where not everybody is looking, and and diversity and inclusion is really a key component in order to survive in such. Uh, uh, times uh, because you need to think about you know not going on the on the easy target or the targets that you usually go to but actually broaden your demographics looking at, uh, at places that nobody is looking um, and this is where you will actually be able to you know maintain and, and even uh, uh, increase uh, your your market share so I, I I really believe that diversity and inclusion is is the next big thing when it comes to all types of, of industries, uh, just like what um, sustainability was, let's say, 15, 20 years ago. This is where where, uh, where diversity and inclusion is today. We're still, you know, looking at it. We're, you know, it's trying to find the ways to approach it, but don't really know how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, it will be part of any company's goals and vision and mission uh, just in a couple of years uh, and yeah. the ones that are fast now and, and understand it and adapt it will be really the companies that will survive i agree um and a company like taint who is so like your dna is diversity and inclusion where do you aim Taint to be five years from now? Uh, and where would you say that the industry is heading when it comes to this topic? You mentioned that it will go fast and it will be a must-have rather than a nice-to-have. But do you see other things that you think will happen? Yeah, absolutely. No, I really believe that uh, all companies will understand that this is this is the, the direction they need to go um, because it's it's going to be part of, of any company's vision and mission and really something that is, that will be, uh, um, you know, just from a consumer perspective, uh, something you expect uh, any company to, to work with actively um, and, and that uh, you will be, uh, you know, not only. An, and one more thing that, that I think is worth mentioning when it comes to, to what companies can do uh, is the, um, looking at their uh, suppliers, you know, how, who are you working with? You know, like and, and looking at diversifying them, and and I think this is also something that uh, I believe uh, consumers will look at. Uh, who are are your under suppliers? Who are you actually working with? And not only the front facing uh, company. Uh, I think the the, mm -hmm. the 
awareness among consumers uh, is much much higher and also they they um, um, it's so easy to get hold on the information nowadays with with uh, uh, you know technology and and the internet where you can search on on everything so i think this is really something that uh, consumers are much much more uh, aware uh, so mm-hmm. i really believe that companies will be heading that way and uh, when it comes to taint i believe that we will be the absolutely the leading companies company when it comes to inclusive uh, consumer products uh, we will continue on uh, uh, diversifying our portfolio we started with the with the plasters in five different skin tones um but we are now working on our next product that will be uh, uh, challenging the fashion industry uh, with a with a product that will be uh, uh, both because when we look at diversity and inclusion it's not only about ethnicity and i think i touched upon that as well because uh, it's it's also when it comes to you know gender and socioeconomical background physical ability it can be age and so on and so forth so it's, it's mm-hmm. so much broader so you can imagine how much you can do when it when it comes to that only by thinking of, of about just regular consumer products yeah. um so i uh, we will be the leading one not only in sweden but worldwide uh, because we we are expanding to uh, uh, outside of uh, sweden um and that will be during 2023 uh, and uh, hopefully i will also have uh, a great team uh, under under me that will help me to build uh, this multi-million company that I'm uh, I'm uh, working to uh, achieve. Wow, so exciting! And I'm really curious to see more about this product that you're mentioning for the fashion industry. I will keep my eyes open. <laughs> Thank you so much, Neve, for guesting the podcast and for sharing inspiration and insights on this important topic. Thank you so much, Sam. It was really fun to uh, speak with you and talk to your audience. And if they want to learn more about Taint and yourself, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, for instance, and LinkedIn. We're very active. Uh, You can search for Taint underscore official uh, on Instagram uh, and on LinkedIn. It's uh, Taint and try to find the company. You will find the logo type. Perfect. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. If you want to continue staying up to date on our weekly podcast episodes, influence marketing, and what's up on the consumer marketing scene, make sure you follow us on our platforms at Cure Media.